Hello, hello, Heat Nation. Welcome back to Heaters Go to Heat, the Miami Heat podcast for the OTG Podcast Network. I'm your host, Kyle Russell, here to bring you the latest on our favorite team, the Miami Heat. So, a little bit of a different show this time around, um, in part because I've been sick since yesterday, and still am today. Uh, another part, <clears throat> because I want to get to the main story for today, which is actually, um, if you've been following the team at all, has been the injury to Bam Adebayo, unfortunately. So yeah, let's start there then. So yeah, um, it was announced um, in the game against the Nuggets, the not yeah yesterday Monday, but the previous Monday, um, Bam Adebayo injured his thumb. It's um, some specific lig- ligament, I think it's like ulterior or something. Admittedly, uh, anatomy was never my best part when I was doing biology. Uh, regardless, it was essentially a problem with his thumb. It required surgery, and overall, it's going to keep him out four to six weeks, which is a huge chunk of time. It's it's about like. 20 to 25 games, so a quarter of the season at least. And it's kind of a situation where it was just, it was adding insult to injury <laughs> already because um, Jimmy Butler injured his tailbone. He had a tailbone contusion, which is just kind of like a, as far as I know, it's a fancy word for bruise, but running your tailbone, which is not a good place just if you need to do anything involving sitting, but especially so. If you're Jimmy Butler, where your game is all based around, well, not based, but like the biggest threat you have offensively is your drive to the basket, which almost inevitably results in falls, which if you're falling on a tailbone bruise, it's just going to be excruciating pain. Um, and that, that, that's, you know, even if you could move around and play to begin with. But yeah, Bam injured. He's had surgery. He's going to be out for four to six weeks. Jimmy had the tailbone contusion. Uh, we've still yet to see Marcus Morris after the whole, you know, incident where he got elbowed in the back by Jokic and got whiplash. Um, don't want to rehash all that again, though. Uh, and then, yeah, also the Heat have been without uh, Victor Oladipo this entire season. He's also been recovering from surgery. So <clears throat> as of the time of this, yeah, the Heat are down essentially two start actually not only, not only just two starters they're two best players bam and jimmy and then they're also down um two solid bench rotation players and morris and oladipo which yeah <laughs> not an ideal situation so overall um what this has led to mean then so you have a 15-man roster <clears throat> to begin with we were already down one of those spots because we haven't filled the 15th spot yet we were hoping heat we're hoping to Maybe wait to like the buyout market or something like that to try to fill that 15 spot. They might have to sooner than later. But yeah, if you have a 15 man roster, you haven't used the 15 spot, you got 14 left, four players are injured right now. That means you got 10. Like, period. That's it. Maybe some, you could bring up like the two way guys like Caleb Martin or something like that. But nah, it's pretty much the, the 10 you got on the roster, night in and night out. So what what that's mean for the Heat, at least like for the last week or so, is, is that they've been having to rely upon players that they don't usually have to rely on. Um, you know, obviously when everybody's healthy, like um, Omir Yurtseven, who he fl- we'll get to it a little bit later on. He did flash some some good minutes um, in the Indiana Pacers game, so we got to hope that that can become more consistent. But he's still a very clearly a developmental project. Um, Akpala has been taking up, Casey Akpala has been given some more minutes as well, but that's also kind of hit and miss. I mean, at this point, uh, Akpala's in his third year, Yurt 7 is in his first. If Akpala's not really showing it for us now, it's very unlikely, it's it's just all of a sudden going to click um, soon, but 
you know, it would be nice if it did, but I think the minutes, depending upon the matchup, might more so go to Yurtsev. And, and, oh, yeah, and then also we've seen some uh, more Udonis Haslam as well, but love, love Haslam, Mr. 305, all that stuff, but, like, very clearly he's limited as in terms of being a productive on-the-court NBA player. Um, but still, Haslam, he'll always step up when his, when his number's called, so it, we don't have to worry about that, and at least we know he'll be in the right spots at the right time. This is going to be more so a question of what can, what can he physically do to compete at the NBA level at this point. So yes, yeah, so Heat. You know they those will have players that'll step up. It's just going to be the you know they always have that next man up mentality. It's it's been said over and over throughout the season, throughout the past few years. So I I do not question the mentality of the team at all. That they're not going to give their best effort. That you know they're going to go into a game with like their head hung down low and and think oh we don't have Jimmy and Bam tonight. Let's not even bother. Like no, nah, they're still going to go out and compete. Uh, it's just going to be the. The question of whether or not they have enough skill and talent on the floor to to then carry out those games, and yeah, if, if the last week was was any sort of indicator of what the future uh, has coming, we're probably going to be in for a rough um, December to maybe mid January. So yeah, let's uh actually let's let's take a break here. We'll go through those games real quick, and then we'll come back to um you know finish this up. This will this will be a quick episode today. Again, I'm I apologize. I'm, I'm a little sick. Um, but okay, so yeah, real quick, let's go through them. So yeah, by their four games last week, they went one of three in the week, so obviously not good. It started with them hosting the Cleveland Cavaliers on Wednesday. This was the game that they this was the first game we learned that they were gonna be without BAM, like it happened earlier in that day. Um, they already knew they were gonna be without Jimmy. But still, you know, this this is the Cavs team um, that at least at the time I thought was gonna be more of like um flirting with the play-in level kind of team. Nah, I actually think they they could be like play-in slash playoff level. This, this Cavs team is legitimately good. But the game that the Heat lost, 85-111, to the Cavs took the lead about halfway through the first, and they didn't look back at all. The final score kind of tells you a lot. They lost by 26. Um, what really kind of helped power them a lot was just really, really great defense and rebounding. And then offensively, they, they got a big boost from Kevin Love coming off the bench and going 6 of 8 from 3. So Love, um, depending upon how what the Cavs want to do with him, he might be a buyout candidate later on in, in the year, which you know would could be someone that Miami could look into. But at least for tonight, he was more so their nemesis than their savior with a 6 of 8. And then conversely, uh, Miami just terrible shooting on their end as well. Robinson, 0 of 6 from 3. Hero, 2 of 7. Lowry, 1 of 5. And then, yeah, like, the the Cavs have a really big front court. Well, even down to their forwards as well, because they, they play Laurie Markkinen, um at the 3, and that guy's, like, almost 7 feet tall. Whereas Mobley and um, Allen are, like, 7 as well. So, with those 3, they crushed Miami on the boards. It was 46 to 28. Um, and then they also crushed Miami in terms of like rim protection, where uh, Jared Allen had five blocks, Evan Mobley had four blocks. But yeah, so every time the Heat went in, they were just getting absolutely rejected. Mobley legitimately is like the the thing that came to mind watching him for the first time. Reminded me a lot of um, I, I've said this before, like one of my memories of Bam Adebayo from his rookie year. I was fortunate to get to go to the game where they, they hosted the Golden State Warriors. This is back during the Durant Warriors era. Everything was all crazy. But um, Prime Curry 
And he took Bam onto an island, this rookie Bam Adebayo, took him to an island and could not get past him. And I remember sitting there at the time watching that and going, holy fucking shit, at the very least, that dude can be a defender. Uh, Mobley is like all that, plus, you know, he's got some some more upside on the offensive end as well. But yeah, defensively, that dude is insane, and it 100% showed with, you know, four blocks and I don't know how many other contested shots. I know I saw a stat out there that was like, in terms of contested shots per game, Evan Mobley is like number one in the league with like a, a good gap to two. And it, it shows, it's one of those things you got to like, you got to watch this dude play. You can't really do much like stat watching or, or trying to just go through basketball reference or something. Like you'll get, you'll get an idea, but no, you watch this dude play tons of energy, just really great defender. Reminded me a lot of like a young, a younger Bam out of I shouldn't say young. Um, Bam is still young. This is a younger Bam, but Point though is is like that dude was legit. This team is looking legit, and yeah, they came in and took advantage of a Miami team that was injured and absolutely blew them out. After that though, Miami went on to the road. They were at the Pacers last Friday. This is a game that he did win one hundred thirteen to one hundred four. This is a game Eric Sprostra already went in with the whole burn the boats mentality. Like they went in with with the the thought of like we have to win this game specifically because otherwise there was a a really nasty skid coming their way. But to to go back to it, uh, Miami did build a really good first quarter lead behind both Duncan Robinson, who went 3-4 from 3 and 14 points in the quarter, and Kyle Lowry, who went 3-5 from 3, 11 points. They were able to then kind of just kept... The second quarter was more back and forth. Um, it ended up being the same point differential at the end, going into halftime, heat up uh, 7. Uh, in the third quarter, they built upon the lead, and then in the fourth, they were able to just continue going until they had a, a pretty solid 20-point lead that they then just kind of coasted um, to the victory. Overall, though, this was a great game for Kyle Lowry, a great bounce-back game. Finished with 26 points, going 6-13 from 3, uh, as well as Duncan Robinson finished with 24 points, going 4-7 from 3. And I think, like, that's pretty much what it comes down to. So if you looked like what uh, we've talked about previous on previous episodes, the, the ceiling limiter on Miami was pretty much Duncan Robinson and Kyle Lowry shooting. And the floor was what Bam and Jimmy were providing. So now that that floor is gone, the only thing that I think is really going to raise this to the level of being competitive is we need Lowry and Robinson to show up. There's, like, no other options. Hero's still there. He's producing consistently. But if Jimmy's out, Bam's out, and Robinson and um, Lowry are not shooting well, then it's really easy for the defense to just pile in on Hero and he's not as effective, which we will kind of get to um, a little bit later on. But for the this Pacers game in specific, the that's why I, w- I wanted to go back to this one and, and highlight that point that, like, we're going to need Robinson and Lowry to step up in the absence of Bam and Jimmy. They were able to tonight, and the Heat were thus still able to blow a team out. Um, but in addition to those two, uh, I also got to give a shout-out to uh, Omir Yurtseven. He ended up getting, like, 20 minutes in this game, 12 points, 5 boards, but where he really did a lot of his work was keeping uh, DeMontis Sabonis for the Pacers off the glass. And that was what was critical in the second half for Miami building upon that lead because if you keep Sabonis off the defensive boards, well, then he's not leading transition. If you keep him off the offensive boards, well, then he's, you know, he's not getting easy, easy close-in buckets. But, yeah, 
Year 7, fantastic job uh, against the Pacers. So, yeah, leaving that game, there was at least a little bit of optimism from the sense like, okay, if Robinson and Lowry are, are starting to get going, then, you know, we can uh, hold water. Maybe this won't be too bad. The, all the feel-good stuff did not last long because the following night we had to play the Bucks, and this is a game that we got absolutely blown out, 102 to 124. This is also a Bucks team that was playing without Giannis, so, you know, it just kind of makes it even worse. This was this was just, a like I said, a wire-to-wire beatdown, really. The Bucks were up about 10 after the first quarter. They pushed that to 17 by the second quarter and then pushed that to 29-point lead in the, by the end of the third quarter. It just The Bucks took the lead, did not look back, and, yeah, what was the result? 22-point oh, yeah. loss. So they outscored us every single quarter. You know, in addition to you know crushing Miami on the boards, this is one that they beat Miami on the boards 57-39, to 39. Uh, which is a big factor that led into the Bucks having 14 more field goal attempts than the Heat. Like, think about that. Even if you're shooting the exact same percentage, if the other team's getting 10 more attempts, they're winning the game pretty easily, actually. Like, double digits. So, they get 14, then, uh, yeah, that's not too surprising to lose by 22. But, uh, let's see, bright spots for the Heat. But the only one I could, like, really find was um, Dwayne Dedman. He had Miami's first six points on back-to-back threes. That was that was kind of dope. Um, did not do much else after that. Finished with eight points. So, yeah, if he got six there, he finished with eight. He got two for the rest of the game. So, kind of bleh. Uh, Tyler Hero struggled a lot, but I think it primarily came down to what I was kind of saying earlier. Like, Lowry did not have a good game. He went 4-12 from the field, 1-7 from three, 10 points. So, if Lowry's not giving you anything, uh, I don't didn't get anything for Robinson. He must not have done anything too bad or too good to really stand out. But it just let the de- it let the Bucks defense just focus on Hero, and he struggled a lot. 4-17 from the field, 1-6 from three. At least he got to the line a decent amount, 6-8 of eight from the free throw line, to at least finish with 15 points. But, yeah, it's well below his uh, season average, and it, it gets back to, like, what I was trying to – what I mentioned earlier – if Lauren Robinson aren't going to, to provide some of that spacing, they're just going to collapse on Hero, and we're going to see more stuff like this and more blowoffs like uh, blowouts like this. And to have it happen like when the Bucks were without Giannis, even if it was at Milwaukee, like I understand that part, but getting smacked like that without Giannis, ah, that just that kind of hurt, especially considering we have him coming up again this week with Giannis. Um, at least we host that one, but that's getting ahead. So to finish off the, the games for the week, uh, we then hosted the Grizzlies last night, Monday, and this is a game we also lost 90-105. to um, So I don't know how many people watch the like the, the Heat broadcast from like the Bally Sports, but um, if you do, you probably recognize Eric Reed. He's fantastic. Really love the guy as like a play-by-play commentator. Sometimes he goes a little, little too much on the stats. So the thing that he brought up, uh, yesterday, and you know, obviously we didn't get to cover this because I released the last episode before it happened. At the time, I thought the Grizzlies were going to be dead in the water. They were that they're without their best player, John Morant. So I I pretty much wrote them off, and apparently I shouldn't have because they were on a four game win streak after Morant went down, which was most of last week, then leading up into Miami, during which they did not. Uh, they had the lead. 
for every single quarter. They never lost the lead once for four quarters, which is insane if you think about for a team doubly so. Sorry, insane if you think about it for any team. Doubly so for a team without their best player. Um, and yeah, you know, Reed mentioned that. Like, oh, yeah, they, they come in six... They've gone 16 quarters in a row where they've always had the lead. And like, okay, that's cool. Yeah, let's bash them. And <laughs> it didn't didn't work out that way. So end of the first quarter, it's, oh, wow, the Grizzlies have had the lead for 17 quarters straight now. Yeah, and then at halftime, it's like, oh, the Grizzlies have had a lead for 18 straight quarters now. And then in the third quarter, oh, they've had it for 19. Like, come on, man. <laughs> Your team's getting smacked. You can't be propping up the other team. Like, I understand propping up at the beginning because it's, it's kind of the thing where it's like, oh, they, oh, they've gone 16 quarters straight. Well, we can end that. Like, yeah, that's fun. But <laughs> when you're going into the fourth quarter and it's like, yeah, the Grizzlies have had the lead the entire game. It's not, not a good time to mention it, especially considering at the time Miami was very clearly not going to pull themselves out of that game. So, I, I don't know. The, that was just my, my little thing on, on Reed. Just like, call man, I love you, do a great job, but <laughs> read the room a little bit more when, when the Heat are getting smacked around. Uh, yeah, so the go through the game, though, um, wire to wire beat down. They Heat were outscored by Memphis in every single quarter. What really stood out this game was a season-high 23 turnovers for Miami. Like, you're just, you're just giving them extra opportunities. Um, oh yeah, and then I also got beat on the boards again, forty-seven to thirty-six. Overall, between those two, it led to thirteen more field goal attempts for the Grizzlies. Kind of that same problem we saw with the Bucks. Like, you're just not gonna win if you're giving the other team that many more opportunities than you are to score the ball. Uh, also, didn't help. Heat went a frigid six of twenty-two from three-point range. About the only ones that really shot any. Any decently was Duncan Robinson, 2 of 5, so he didn't get a lot of attempts up. And Tyler Hero, 2 of 4, so also didn't get a ton of attempts up. But, yeah, that's because they spent too much time turning the ball over or not getting the boards, but um, I digress. A bad game overall. Um, let's see. On the, on the good part, Jimmy Butler did return to the lineup for a little bit. Uh, he was able to play for a good bit, but uh, early in the first quarter... You see him take a drive to the basket, and like we've seen many a time this season, because that, that's what his biggest offensive threat is, he goes to the basket, he takes a foul, and he landed, like, right on it. And you can literally see him just stunned in pain. And, yeah, again, it's one of the things, like, anybody that knows Jimmy Butler knows that m- mentally he wanted to play. He still wanted to give it everything he got, but, like, the dude was in pain. You could you could just see it from the way he was running around on the court, um, not quite attacking as aggressively. And, yeah, for good reason because he reactivated the injury. And it got to the point that, though he did come back and he did play to, to, to give him that credit again, but by halfway through the third quarter, there was between a combination of the injury being reactivated from the fall earlier and Miami looking on their way to getting the shit blown out of them again by the Grizzlies. Butler went back to the locker room and, you know, started to to get rest for it. But, I mean, it's not like he missed much. Um, yeah, it was, it was another bad loss. Grizzlies five in a row since losing John Morant. So, gotta give him props for that. They are definitely looking better than I thought they would have been. So, that'll do it for the games. Overall, that brings Miami's record to 14-11, and then now we'll, we'll circle back. Um, to trying to project out for the rest of the month. 
So the Heat are going to be a lot of either home stands or road trips for the next month. So the game against the Grizzlies, that actually kicked off Miami's first three-game home stand of the season, which, like, think about that. We got a quarter of the season in and never played three games in a row at home. Now that we do, all our best players are injured, which is fantastic. But yeah, anyway, um, three-game homestand. We have two more other games um, hosting the Bucks and then the Bulls. And then we go on a uh, four-game road trip, which is always fun. At least it's in the East. Then we come back for four games at home. to, And then near the end of the month, we go on a seven-game road trip. And as around sometime around that seven game road trip, I think is when we'll we'll start to get some updates on when Bam will come back, uh, just because the Heat are usually pretty tight lipped about that. I wouldn't be surprised if they you know keep Bam out until uh, when they they get done with that seven game road trip, which I think they play the Hawks when they get back. But um, that's getting ahead of ourselves. We, we got several weeks before that, so yeah, we're we're going to be without Bam for a while. But it does look at least that we have Butler back. It's just the question of because I got double checked. He he is not listed not listed as out for Wednesday's game, which I guess means he's going to play. But I'm just concerned about that injury because we really can't have a long term lingering injury. So like with the with the Bam thing, for example, at the very least, one thing that we could look at there was okay. We know he's had some knee problems early on in the season. Uh, obviously he had to get the surgery for because it was on a shooting hand. I, won't, I mean, just if it was on any hand period. But um, he had to get the surgery, and at least this gives him an opportunity to get his knee right as well. So I think at least when we get Bam back, we're going to have, you know, super healthy, super energetic Bam, hopefully back ready to dominate. Um, let's see. Because yeah, the other thing is there's a lot of variance for where Miami could be by the time he does come back. So to do a little East versus West comparison real quick. Currently, the East is extremely packed. And what I mean by that is <clears throat> if you look at the current, I know we weren't really going to look at standings, but kind of got my hand forced when stuff shit like this happens. But um, the East, if you look at the first seed and then how many games are in between the first seed and the 12th seed. So the difference between, you know, home court throughout the entire East playoffs and two spots removed from the play-in tournament. That's only five and a half games. Um, and to put that in context versus, say, the West, uh, out in the West, the difference between the first and the fourth seed, so still a home play-in team, which currently that team is the Grizzlies, which kind of goes to show you that this this win streak they've been on has drastically upped their standings. They would be a home court playoff team if it start, started today. But... Uh, digress. So the difference between first and fourth in the West is six games. So there's a bigger gap from one to 12 in the East than there is from one to four in the West. Uh, essentially, what that means for Miami is, well, and just about any team in the in the East at this point is like, if you lose a game, it could be the difference between going from like third to six or from like sixth to 10th or the, I don't know, something like that. Uh, point being is, uh, if Miami struggles throughout these next few weeks, don't be surprised if we come to the halfway point of the season and we're on the outside looking in from the playing tournament. Though I will say, this is again, it will only be the halfway point of the season. There's still another half of the season for Miami to claw their way back up. Um, we saw a little bit of that last year 
where the Heat had a lot of injuries, and they got down to, like, they were outside of the playing tournament at one point. I think they were, like, 11th or 12th um, around, like, the third mark, the third point of the se- one-third point of the season, something like that. And they were still able to push themselves back in to avoid the play the playing tournament by getting that uh, sixth seed, but it came at the cost of them being exhausted by the time they got there, and then they got swept by the Bucks. Um, so, yeah, there is that concern this year that... In the worst case scenario, Miami finds themselves on the outside looking in and they have to expend a lot of energy to get themselves back up. The good part to that worst case scenario, though, uh, and again, this is something I mentioned last week, like the everything after the All-Star break for Miami is extremely home-friendly. It's a very good environment for the team to make up ground. Just before, I was hoping that it would be make up ground in the sense of like trying to get a 1-2-3 seed, now it looks like it's going to be makeup ground to to avoid the playing tournament. The last good thing, though, for Miami for for these next few weeks at least is uh, well, one you know Jimmy Butler's back, even though I'm, I have some concerns about his health. Um, two, we we have gotten some word that Morris, you know, could be returning soon, which would be great. We really need him for the big rotation right now because Deadman's doing a really solid job, but you also can't play him too many minutes. I I feel like. I don't think he, he can handle a starter's loads of minutes, but if you have Morris, then he can fill in as, like, small ball five, which is fantastic. Uh, let's see. Yeah, three, we might be getting both a healthy Bam and a healthy Oladipo back, you know, right after we finish our seven-game road trip, which is the worst part of our season. So it, it could be it could be a lot of, like, it'll get darker before it gets dawn, but dawn's coming. It's just a matter of time. So for Miami, what they really need to do from now to the end of that road trip is just try to capitalize and steal any games that they can. Know that there are going to be some nights where you're going to get blown out, but you got to put that shit in the rearview mirror and forget about it because you got another game uh, against somebody that you could beat. So, like, for example, for the month of December, the Heat will play the Orlando Magic twice and the Detroit Pistons twice. That's four games right there. That even even with their injury injured rosters, I could see the Heat winning all four of those because unfortunately the Pistons and Magic suck. So you take advantage and you get those four wins, then you can stomach you getting blown out by the Grizzlies or getting blown out by the Bucks because at least at least you banked a few wins just to try to keep you afloat. Um, oh yeah, we also have the Rockets at the end of the month as well on that road trip. However, the Rockets have been a little sneaky good. Um, but yeah, my. I guess if you include the Rockets, there are potentially five games against some of the worst teams in the league that Miami could try to capitalize to stay afloat. Uh, And then they just have to forget the times that they get the shit kicked out of them uh, because they're not healthy right now. For now, though, we'll uh, finish up just looking at the games Miami has up next. First, they, like I said, they're in the middle of a three-game hold stand, the first of the season. But up next is they're going to be hosting, oh, this team looks familiar, the Milwaukee Bucks, who just got done kicking the mess out of us last Saturday. Uh, yeah, Bucks currently 16-9, and nine, so they're one of the best teams in the East. They're up in that mix, too. This is a game I did double-check. Giannis is not listed out, so he's going to play, which is bad for us. Honestly, this is... Probably going to be a loss in the same kind of beatdown style that it was Saturday. Difference just being that Giannis is going to be out there to, to beat up on us too. Um, that's It's obviously bad from the standpoint of uh, season series and tiebreakers and things like that, which could come into play later on if, if the East stays this close. So 
right now we're one one because we we beat the Bucks to open the season and they beat us last Saturday. Assuming that they take that game Wednesday, which feels like a fair assumption if I'm being honest, that puts them up two one. We do play them a fourth time, I think, in March during the homestand. Admittedly, I, I can't remember if it's at home or not. But the point though is that there's there will be an opportunity. Uh, come later on in the season to at least even that season series up and have it go to other tiebreakers. You know, um, on the one hand, kind of sucks that they're going to get these two wins off of us because we were injured, but we did kind of get our first win off of them having some injuries as well. So, well, it's not quite even per se. They got two to our one, but the, yeah, that's, just, that's just how the NBA goes. Uh, on to the next, then the Heat will host the Chicago Bulls on Saturday. This is also a really good Chicago Bulls team, currently 17-8. and eight. However, where Miami might be able to find an opportunity here is, um, unfortunately, the Bulls' best scorer, DeMar DeRozan, is out for health and safety protocol. Obviously, I hope he's completely fine. I, I don't wish ill on any player. It's just the, the reality of the, the game that we have to do that, okay, they are without one of their best players, just like we're without Bam. We're hosting. This could be, um, I mean, this is still a really good team, but this is like what I would say like a 50-50. This is the game that you, in the next week, that, that one win that you need just to keep you afloat, I actually think it could be the Bulls because we're hosting them on Saturday. But even then, I still don't feel confident saying Miami's going to have the win. But, you know, 50-50, let's hope the Heat can pull that out. And lastly, the Heat then go on their beginning of their four-game road trip, which will be start at the Cleveland Cavaliers, another familiar-looking team. And, yeah, admittedly, if we couldn't do much of anything to them when they came to us, I don't think we could do much us going to them like again it seems crazy just just because of what i what i understand of the Cavs is just pretty much just been outside of lebron james they suck evan mobley has turned that team around well there also some other stuff like jared allen as well but like the centerpiece has been mobley and yeah this is a legit team we'll go in there honestly i don't expect us to win this game i expect it to be a similar blowout but that's why I emphasize that Bulls game for the one win that we could get this week. Because, yeah, if you, I mean, the Cavs are 13-12, and 12, so they're over 500. They look like they're going to be a playoff-slash-play-in level team, so, like, around that, like, 6-7 seed. And that, that's a legit team. And that's the kind of team that, if they're, they're good, they'll do what they did last time and, and take advantage of us being injured. Yeah, that the front court that they have just... Just seems like a really bad matchup because, like, even even fully healthy, the Heat didn't have a ton of size and length. Like, you know, they're still playing six foot, uh, what nine or ten Bam a lot. Denman's legitimately seven feet, but they don't have you know three like around seven foot tall players that they play in their starting lineup. Uh, that's where it's a I think it's a really bad matchup for Miami in that regard. Um, but yeah, if they go to that Cavs game and they lose that, then they're the Cavs are up 2-0 for a season series on Miami. I don't know if we play them three or four times this year. Um, I will have looked into that by the time we played them next week. But that's all that I have for today. I'm, I'm going to go rest a lot. I'm still feeling still very ill. But um, that'll be all for this week's episode. Be sure to follow the pod on Twitter at Heaters Heating and myself at KBR Heat Nation. Also, check out the other great pods we have. You can find us on Twitter at OTG Basketball or 
just uh, Google OTGBasketball.com. I'll be back next week. Hopefully I won't be as sick. But until then, stay heating and have a good one, Heat Nation.